0: Hey, everybody. Dan Schinder here on Yes Shift with that guy.
1: Yeah, Steven Schinder.
0: What do we do again?
1: We talk about Yes, its members, uh, various connections. We're a son team. You're the dad, I'm the son. And today we're celebrating Alan White on what would have been his 74th birthday.
0: Yeah, 50-plus uh, years as the drummer with Yes from... 1972 until he passed last year in 2022 on may 24th it was right steve uh
1: 26 26 that's right and yeah. um
0: a friend and a great supporter of drum talk tv i interviewed him pretty much every year from about the second year on or something like that um Yeah, oh gosh, i got so many personal stories. There's Alan right there with Steve's brother Alex in my arms when Alex was about two weeks old. And Alex is four and a half years older than Steve. So um, Steve came up with a great idea for this episode where we would focus on Alan's music outside of Yes. We've got some great Roger Dean artwork to show you that Steve will explain while we pull it up. We've got comments from fans, and of course, we'll give our favorite picks uh after the fans picks. Um so yeah. Oh I'm just curious if someone's no longer a member of Yes, are they a dismember? Yikes. <laughs> Alright, where do we go?
1: Right. So yeah, we love talking about his work in Yes, but we thought this would be a good opportunity to highlight some of the stuff he's done outside of Yes. So in a little bit, we're gonna read some fan comments when I ask people what their favorite um, works by Alan outside of ESR. But first there was this uh, artwork I wanted to talk about that Roger Dean posted about. So um, this is called The Old Bridge and I'm just gonna read what Roger Dean uh, posted about it. Uh, this was for... Um, White's uh, band, White, you know, is was named after him and it was in the 2000s.
0: Well, I never put uh,
1: those two together. Right. And <laughs> Roger said, this was painted for Alan White's uh, album, White, an almost monochrome painting that for me had a lot of presence. I loved making the snow and the mist work together. When I had half finished the painting, the record company asked to see what it looked like. This is almost always a bad idea for many reasons. I didn't want to invite comment. It had to work for Alan, and it had to work for me. Really, that was all. Alan was very kind about the painting. I sent the record company a low-res work in progress, and one of the inevitable mix-ups happened. They put the album out with the unfinished art. Fortunately, and very surprisingly, they agreed to withdraw it and re-release with the correct finished painting. Quite a story. Yeah, so there are some rare copies out there without the owl.
0: Wow.
1: Pretty wild that that happened.
0: Yeah, and you know, I've seen a lot of artwork in my life. My mother was an artist. My wife is an artist. And sometimes, not their work, but in art, sometimes you see artwork from album covers or whatever in person. And it's like, oh, it doesn't really look as fabulous as when i saw it on a video or in print or whatever and roger's work is absolutely the opposite many of you may know that steve and i went to san francisco last october and we visited roger and his daughter freya's uh art exhibit which was just incredible to see relayer up close and how shockingly small it was like that whole thing was done on a folded out matchbook no i'm kidding it was really only about maybe oh i'm not on camera let me get rid of the picture it was really only about this big i think steve it it was incredible how small it was but everything else like the one we just showed you was at the exhibit and it, it was pretty big it was like three by five feet or four by five feet there were a lot of large scale pieces that became album covers or were created as album covers and you could get into the minutiae of the detail of the painting and just it still held up it wasn't like okay you got to stand back squint tilt your head you know i mean didn't you feel the same way
1: yeah it looks so good in person Uh, i even saw it again when i saw yes on that tour um like a week later or something you know they had the trading boundaries stuff like they brought so oh, that's Roger right stuff to the venue and yeah um yeah and the documentary i'm almost done with the music so i'm hoping to have it all finished and ready to put out maybe sometime next week is the goal oh wow that's uh,
0: I, I didn't even know that, folks. And this is a documentary we both shot. They were kind enough to let us do that while we were at the exhibit for a couple. Yeah, days. the
1: people at the, yeah, at the um, the Hate Street, uh, yeah, G-
0: gallery. So, and Roger and Freya wasn't there because unfortunately, days before we got there, his mother passed away in England. So they flew back, the exhibit remained for another week or so. Well, I think
1: they were still in the UK. So there wasn't any flying back, if I remember that, correctly. That's what I mean.
0: So. Flying back to the UK is what I mean, when that happened.
1: No, I... Okay. Oh, you're All saying right, they were
0: in... I get yeah. you, I get you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's but, um, but yeah, uh, of course, I'll have to like show you this stuff before we publish it. So, but yeah, it's closer to being finished now. Awesome. Um. Yeah, so... Uh, now, I think it's a good time to go to the comments from people who talked about, like, what their favorite Alan White contributions outside of Yes are. Right. So um, I guess I'll read the first one. Jeff Mathias says, though I liked the White album, no Beatles pun intended. My favorite of Alan's work outside of Yes was the first Circa album and the live DVD that came from that tour. His playing with Circa was top-notch. Interestingly enough, Alan's replacement for the second Circa album was Jay Shellen, How History Repeats Itself, Sometimes in Good Ways. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, Circa, I really need to do a deep dive on their original material because I think I've only heard a couple tracks and seen the Yes Medway they did when Alan was with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And folks, when you see me look over here, I'm not watching the Flintstones. I'm looking at my notes on my big wide screen. Um, So Jeffrey Mason chimed in with Levin, Torn, and White. It's great. I need to do a deep dive on that.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Christopher Lee says, probably the music that Alan drummed on that will live forever will be John Lennon's Instant Karma and Imagine. Also enjoy his drumming on Rick Wakeman's criminal record, the Levin Torn White Album, and the White Band.
0: Those are good calls for sure. Doug Kieran says, same thing, Levin Torn White, and Rick's criminal record, and Circa. We're seeing a pattern.
1: Yeah, and Jeff Allen Fowler throws the Chris Squire experiment into the mix, and Conspiracy, which is what that evolved into, Circa, and let's not forget Alan's own band, White.
0: Yep. And Adrian Rush says, instant karma. Iconic. I mean, it's amazing what he's what he accomplished even before he was in Yes with John Lennon, George Harrison, and Joe Cocker.
1: Yeah. Uh, Susan Douglas says, yep, anytime I hear the drums come in on Imagine, I think, hey, I know that guy. That and instant karma.
0: Awesome. Tony Handley says, I guess mine would be run with the fox. That's a deep cut. We'll talk about that. Um, I have every release from around the world, and he sent us a picture that I'm going to pull up. This is, I love this, and I can't see where they're all from. If you're watching, Tony, live, and you want to throw that in the comments and kind of give us a rundown, what parts of the world are all these from? I see all the different Atlantic labels and the Wea label uh, from the WIA group. Um, there's some really neat stuff here. Here, let's zoom in on that. Hold on. Right. Yeah, let's lose a little bit of the resolution, but let's scoot around. So there's see the difference in the colors and the labels, and then you got the art deco logo, which is like the old school. Whoops. And then we've got let me pull that back up. Right. Did I get rid of it? I um, did. I accidentally asked.
1: I, I don't know. I'm looking at something else right now Okay. Um, as I share this around. Yeah,
0: no worries. Um, Chime in and let us know where those are from, whether you're watching on the archive or live. But that's a neat collection, and that, that is a deep cut. I wish that became like a whole album, you know? I always I forget that it's not. I don't know why.
1: Oh, well, yeah, because it was at the time when Chris and Alan were – trying to figure out what to do. And it was shortly after XYZ or XYZ, depending on where you're from. And I guess at the time, maybe they only were able to do that single rather than a whole album. I want That's to figure something out. Yeah. Um, so the next comment is from Danielle Trainey. I like his drumming in the Wetten Manzanera album very much. Yeah, there's some talk about that album in the John Wettin biography we uh, reviewed recently.
0: Absolutely. And I didn't yeah. even think of this next one by Joan Luis Para, I believe it is. And that's Live Peace in Toronto.
1: Yeah, that's a, a classic one. Yeah. Uh, CJ Irwin says, Ramshackled, the most underrated Yes solo album of everyone's respective careers, in my opinion. Yeah, we talked about that one for his birthday last year, and it definitely feels like the most maybe in a way unusual of the yeah. albums because it doesn't feel like Alan is showcasing his playing like in the spotlight. It's more like he uh, has some people on his album and is playing with them, and it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, and I – if. If I remember correctly, I'm winding through everybody's catalog in my head of all the Yes members that did solo albums, which I think is all of them. I think it might be the only one with a reggae piece on it, right? Um, The one that John sang on, I believe.
1: No, John didn't sing on a reggae song um, on that album. But I I feel like John may have a reggae song on one of his own solo (laughs) albums. I have to look
0: again. Yeah, but uh, there's some great videos uh, from that album as well. Uh, I agree, totally underrated. And Nathan Tyler Lowry says Levin Torn White is fantastic. Don't forget his work with Circa and Conspiracy and briefly The Sin, which was with Chris Squire from. Chris Squire's yeah. first band. And, then, and of yeah, course, they X, reunited. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, XYZ for those of you who might not know XYZ or Z stood for X. Yes. Zeppelin. And it was Chris Squire, Alan White and Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And there's some demo stuff out there. And some of that uh, became the drum Duet beginning on the Union tour with Bill Bruford and Alan White and then ended up being the beginning of Mind Drive
1: yeah um, and this next one from Gilly Good News uh, says liked the band White very much should check out Levin Torn White and uh, I think Gilly commented later on and uh, checked out Levin Torn White I guess wasn't sure what to make of it so that's kind of interesting
0: yeah yeah, I I've never heard it yet, and I don't know what to expect. That's a weird combination, right? Tony Levin, yeah. a, a master at not only the bass but the Chapman Stick and the stand-up double bass with a bow or without, and then uh, Trevor Horn and Alan White. I no, can't imagine D-
1: David Torn. Oh,
0: David Torn. Sorry, David Torn. I can't imagine what that sounds like with their backgrounds, but right. it makes sense. Yeah, I said Horn. <sighs> okay, uh, then we got Troy. Turney, his drumming on instant karma, so good.
1: Yeah, and Diane. Wait, I want to
0: comment on that. There was yeah, go I, I forgot what year, I want to say maybe 2016 or 17. I was getting ready to interview Alan at the Ludwig booth, and um so he came up to me and and said, Hey, ask him how he came up with those drum fills in instant karma and and tell him, I said, it sounds like drums falling down the stairs, but not in a bad way. And I just thought that was so funny. So I brought that up because there's some really cool syncopated playing against the beat um, that he does in that song. That's really neat.
1: Yeah. Uh, Diane Copeland says, I first knew of Alan when I got a copy of Live Peace in Toronto way back in 1970. Loved it. I was thrilled when I saw Yes in '72 that I'd be hearing Alan White. Wow! So that's someone who like knew about Alan through the pre-Yes stuff, and then was like excited when Finale and Yes came out. That's wow! That's wild.
0: Absolutely, they're probably 104 years old. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rick Miller says his work with the Beatles members John Lennon and George. Harrison, I'll have to look them up. I never... Uh, yeah, I've
1: never heard of them. No, I'm kidding. They're legendary. <laughs> <laughs> uh Patrick <laughs> Alexander uh, says, The Wetton Manzanera album had some solid drumming on it. Levin Torn White was amazing. Gosh, I got to check that
0: out. We're going to do an episode on that, though, aren't we?
1: Uh We could. I actually... Well, okay, well... Let's read this. Okay, uh, sorry. Sanders
0: yeah. Thornburg, or Burrow. Uh, that's like a, a secret agent name. I love that. Um, Sanders says, I'd love it if you could take a deep dive into Alan's work on the three unreleased pre-White albums with Ted Stockwell before Ted left the band and was replaced by Jeff Downs. The albums are called White Origins, white loyal and white songs years ago i heard the loyal album when they had it streaming online stockwell's keyboard work was fantastic on that far closer to wakeman's style than downs are you familiar with any of the history before that culminated in the official white album i'm personally not familiar with that story at all i find it fascinating you steve are you familiar with that
1: uh, yeah, I'm familiar with a bit of it. And I'll, I'll say what I was familiar with when you finished uh, it. Okay. Finish finish. okay. So.
0: And then Sanders goes on to say, I believe the band's name for the Loyal album was originally called Treason. There are a bunch of YouTube videos where two members of the band talk about working on these albums with Ellen White. I have no idea why they still haven't been released yet. The only thing I can think of is... Publishing rights, contractual management mishmash, which has always held things up with people in the past, especially when people of different management or labels get together on one record. Hence, uh, case in point, Rick Wakeman being with A&M all those years while the band was on Atlantic.
1: Right. So I was already familiar with White. um, I remember back during the Yes hiatus, uh, you know, after the 35th anniversary tour, uh, each person was kind of doing their own thing, trying to figure out what to do while they waited to figure out what to do with the band. And White were going to do a tour with, I believe, The Sin and Steve Howe's solo act. and How weird! And- <laughs> It was going to be called the more drama tour and each one would perform their own set. And then I think at the end of uh, the members uh, would like come together and perform songs from drama. Wow. And, and that was a huge deal at the time because uh, this was before the in the present tour onward. And at that time, it would have been the first time since the drama tour that a yes members performed any drama material apart from, you know, whitefish or something like that. But of course that tour got canceled, I believe because of some bombings that were going on in Europe and it was kind of, uh, seen as very risky to do the tour. So it was a huge bummer when that got canceled. What? But
0: when was this, why do I not remember Well, there's lots of uh, reasons why I might not, the, but the,
1: this would have been 2005 wow, I just don't remember any of that. Right. It was kind of, I remember only seeing the announcement on yesworld.com around that time. Um, Yeah. So what's interesting, I was actually thinking about this the other day. um, Well, uh, probably a few weeks ago, but you know what I mean, but how um, (laughs) sometime during that hiatus, you and I were visiting a friend of yours who also became my friend. Um it might have been uh Jay Sheehan. Okay. And
0: in San Diego.
1: Yeah. And Is it think, when we
0: went to the Ethiopian restaurant that no, night? No, it was long before that. Okay.
1: Um and I, I think yes came up in conversation and he was like oh yeah what's up with them and you're like I think they're done and like <laughs> well, did we know they were just should never say that about that band. Yeah. <laughs> they would come back and yeah. Over
0: and over and over. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but, um,
1: yeah, the history of that band, White, is fascinating. I was kind of aware of the Loyal stuff uh, and some of the stuff that Sanders mentions here, I'm very unfamiliar with. Like, I didn't know there were like a couple full albums not released. Uh, so. Um, I, I did some reading on Relayer35.com, which is a fan site that has info on Yes members discography. Discog- yeah, yeah, and it has some very in-depth info on the album White, but I didn't see any info on these album titles listed here. Um, but apparently, Ted Stockwell had known Alan since the early '90s, and Treason was his band. Alan guested on one of that band's songs on their 1997 album and then apparently recorded more material with them, but it didn't get released. I'm not sure why, but hmm. yeah, I feel I feel like this would be an interesting topic to do a deep dive, like full episode. You know, on, But
0: I wonder if um maybe Gigi will come on with us and talk hmm. about that or one of the other, well, let's talk about that and reach out.
1: Right. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, I would say, uh, Sanders, it would be helpful if, you know, if there are like any sources that mention any of this, it would uh, be very helpful if you could message or email us. Yeah. Those. And how do and, you
0: know? That's what yeah. I want to know.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Because uh, we could uh, like collect info on the Internet, but it would speed things along like just to have yeah. that. Already, but yeah, is there for,
0: artwork? Like, how far did it get? Like, what's the deal with that? That's so weird.
1: Yeah, like this, and um, something that uh, Jeff Mathias uh, messaged me about. Like, he mentioned a band called uh, I think it's called X X you know? and it has like only one or two songs on Bandcamp or something. It's from a couple years ago, but. It featured Billy Sherwood, Jay Shellen, Patrick Moraz, and uh, someone else's name is escaping me, but who wasn't in, yes, yeah, so let me look at their name. Um, Interesting. And Steve and I Craig, are
0: going to give our picks in a moment, by the way, of our yeah. Alan off, yes.
1: Yeah, track. Craig Maher. So, yeah, that's the lineup for that. And so Jeff was wondering, like, whatever happened to this project. And so reading about that and reading about white, uh, what Sanders said, it kind of makes me wonder if we should like start a thing where it's like mysterious yesterdays or something. We like talk about mysteries across. Missed yesterdays. Something. Yeah. 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 There's definitely a title in there, like some alliteration, but yeah, Yeah. I guess we'll see. Cool. Um, So what are your picks in terms of uh, favorite Alan White works outside of yes and should we go like, back and forth yeah, or like, let's
0: take turns oh. okay. okay so my first and these are in no particular order um, White
1: so the band yeah okay yeah so uh,
0: yeah I went by yeah, albums I, I and, thought you
1: were going to say more after oh, oh sorry one. yeah
0: I thought you froze
1: <laughs> oh okay it must have been the snowy artwork on the album cover. Um, but yeah, so what do you think of that band? Like, what are your thoughts?
0: Oh, I I liked it. I, it was rocky, you know, uh, which I thought was cool. It wasn't like full out progressive with Spacey, a lot of Spacey interludes and stuff like that. So I liked seeing that side of of him. It was almost like some of his older years, his previous year's older music, you know, that he would have played with like Joe Cocker and stuff, just the beats, the rhythms and things like that. I thought it was cool.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of my picks as well. Um, I remember I listened to a couple of their tracks maybe 15 years ago, but uh, now I've listened to the album in full. Now that it's like more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it definitely feels different from what we'd expect from Yes. There are some shades of, um, there are bits that kind of remind me of Genesis when it comes to the singing. There was a song that kind of reminded me of Pink Floyd's Money in terms of like the huh. the style of it. Um, and yeah, like it's a really good album. Out- I, I think Loyal is one of my favorites. Um, They played a few of these at the Alan White tribute concert last October. And yeah, I think it's a very fascinating chapter in Alan's discography and like all this talk from Sanders and like some other people, like it gets me curious about like, what more is there to, like, how right. how things evolved with this? Yeah, there were obviously
0: a lot more things going on than we're aware of or that ever saw the light. Cool. Yeah. My next one is Conspiracy, which, of course, included a couple other Yes members or Yes members to be, depending on how you look at it. But uh, right. I, I liked that because it had shades of Yes it had shades of yes to come. And he's basically a sideman in that gig, you know, if if I could put it that way. Um, so I liked yeah, I liked that a lot.
1: Yeah, because it's mainly led by Chris and Billy, that yeah. project. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's very different from yes as well, which is cool because it has like this sort of um like this sort of different type of intensity to it in places. And you also get to hear Chris, uh, like his voice is more prominent. And yeah, course, which I Alan love. works Alan works so well with those guys. So you know that when they were working, it was probably like uh, pretty easy to just get in the rhythm of things yeah. in terms of working together and just doing the music.
0: Yeah, the synchronicity is there. Just it's in their DNA of playing together for so many years.
1: What's yeah. your next one? So my next one, um, and I'm curious if like you may have picked this one. I thought it was possible, but uh, Wetten Manzanera. You know uh, what? From- I didn't
0: because oh, okay. I'm I'm not super familiar with it, which is weird because we just did an episode to honor John Wetten <laughs> on his birthday, and I just I just haven't been able to. To get to it, but I want to. I'm real curious about that. So tell us about
1: yeah. it. So it came out in 1987 and it's got the staples of what you'd love from a John Wetton project. And he and Manzanero worked so well on that. But Alan is definitely present. Like he did the job, but he's not like too far in the background, like what might happen on some other albums. Like he's very much there and there are some places where he does, you know, his thing and he like it's tricks. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good product of the 80s uh, is like around the big generator period. And while there may be like a place or two where it sounds kind of dated, I think it's probably aged better than big generator is the production I better. Enjoy that album is, oh, yeah, thanks. I, is it the production. I think
0: so. okay, good. Because I don't know what happened to big generator. I mean, you go from drama, which is a huge sound compared to the previous album, Tormato, and then you go from drama to 90125 with just spectacular Trevor Horn production, just amazing. And then Big Generator sounds like it's playing through a jack-in-the-box speaker with a (laughs) shoebox over it. It's like, what happened there? What happened? Who said, this is okay, let's release it?
1: Yeah, it was was partially probably because of the switching between producers and whatnot i just don't
0: appreciate the okay on it someone giving the okay (laughs) that's the biggest thing okay my next is these are actually two picks i squashed into one if that's okay yeah that's fine okay his work on um steve howe's first two solo albums bill bruford is more present on the first one but alan is all over the second one so that would be um Beginnings and the Steve Howe album, respectively. I love his work on those. And I still find it funny, all these years later, that they still, with Conspiracy, with Circa, with all these other things, or solo albums, that they got fellow or past Yes band members to play on their their own stuff. Like, just call it a Yes. Steve's first two solo albums could have been Yes albums. Absolutely, especially the first one. You really hear how much input he had with the band's sound and his playing and his writing at the time, especially if you just listen to that first album is spectacular. I just love it.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing is that in order to yesify it a bit more, um, you know, like you and I agree that for something, you know, when people say, Oh, the current yes is just the Steve Howe. And project. I don't that, hear that at all. Yeah, I just like don't. I saw a recent post where someone was like, I wonder which Steve Howe solo album I they saw mean. That. Yeah. Because <laughs> Yeah, and I think Billy chimed in. So yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it
0: was Billy that said that, actually. Billy's the uh, one that made that comment, that reply.
1: Oh or yeah, he comment. replied to that comment. That the Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, when it comes to his solo albums, it's like, okay, Steve has more leeway to do lead vocals. So in order for beginnings or something to be a yes album, he would need to dial it back and you would need to
0: add John and, in.
1: Yeah. Or a, so, a similar voice. Like you would need the yes choir, so to speak. Yeah. you know,
0: Yeah. Um, As opposed to yes squire, which would <laughs> right. be included yeah, I mean, in the yes choir. But I just, I love his work on those two albums. They're great.
1: Yeah. Um, So my third pick, and I I had like three picks, and these are the ones I focused on, is, and it's been mentioned a bunch, is Levin Torn White. Uh, This is pretty much instrumental, and I was not sure what to expect before listening to this, but it's very improvised, and it's got King Crimson feel in places, and feels very... You know, it's different from the type of stuff I'm used to hearing Alan on, whether it be Yes or these other bands we've talked about. Um, and I think that's pretty much the mix between him, Tony, and David. Like, they were really able to capture this untamable sound. And it's just like listening to it, I was like, how have I gone this long without having listened to a hit tent? And,
0: and I so- haven't listened to it yet either. Yeah,
1: I think you'll enjoy it, but okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's, it, it's a shame that I don't think they played live because of their scheduling. Like they were always busy with different things, you know, Alan with yes, Tony with Peter uh, Gabriel and stuff. King Crimson. Yeah. So, but it, it's better to have uh, like, it's better to have the new material and, no, like, I'm glad we got something, you know, as opposed to them, like, talking about, oh, we're gonna do it. And then it doesn't happen. Because we, yeah. we've, we've read stuff like that, um, where certain projects almost happened, but then they didn't. Yeah, I'm it's at a like, point
0: in my life where I don't need to be teased. Okay. <laughs> can you just do what you say? Say what you do? Just give it to us. Say what you know, we can get. Just tell us afterwards if you have to, right? Right. (laughs) Okay. Next on my list is Criminal Record with Rick Wakeman. I love that album, and I kind of forgot about it to tell you the truth until I started rewinding and looking through that discography. So I chose chose that. And you know what a huge Rick Wakeman fan I am. He he's one of my biggest musical influences. Him and Keith Emerson as keyboard players are two of my biggest influences that are not drummers, but as far as their musical compositions and their playing, and oh god, I just love both those guys' work absolutely.
1: Yeah, they're so iconic in the prog space. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar um,
0: with that album, much, Steve?
1: It's possible I may have listened to a few tracks like 15 years ago or something, but okay. I honestly don't know. If I have listened to it, um, check it out even in full, but yeah, like Rick's got so many albums, you know? So it's like, after all these mentions, it sounds like it's one I'll have to visit, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. What's your next one?
1: Uh, well, those are the three I focused on. I pretty much limited it to just those. Oh,
0: that's right. I came up with a few more. All right. Some honorable mentions if I may. Okay. Uh, The work he did, obviously, with John Lennon and George Harrison, just iconic music. He's on Imagine, for goodness sakes. Imagine. Um, What's the name of that documentary they did uh, where you see him recording it with John and them writing it and all that? Do you remember? Um, I I discovered it after Get Back came out.
1: Oh, um, I wonder if maybe it has the same name.
0: Oh, you know what? Um, I think so. I think it's called Imagine. I think you're right. Um,
1: okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, folks, go watch that. You'll see a 20 or 21 year old Alan White playing with John Lennon. And it's such an inside, wonderful documentary. Um, but of course, as mentioned, Ramshackled, his one and only real solo, solo album is extremely underrated and it's exactly like you described it as well. He's not so much in the spotlight and it's so different from what I would expect because it's so far away from Yes Music, more far away than I think anyone else is other than well, that's not a solo album. I was gonna say Bruford Moraz, but those aren't that's a duo album, but still those are total right. jazz. You know, just drums and piano. So I, I love that album and I, I think I wanna put that on after not hearing it for a very long time.
1: Yeah. Um I'm pretty sure I've watched this imagine documentary a long time ago. It's but... fascinating.
0: It's I discovered it right after we saw Get Back whenever that came out.
1: Okay. But yeah, I've listened to that stuff he worked on with John Lennon and George Harrison and, you know, just a couple of icons and legendary music. And it's pretty amazing that he was able to do those and then go to, yes. Like and Joe Cocker in between
0: right? some very iconic sixties and early seventies music. He played with Joe Cocker.
1: Yeah. Like Joe Cocker, like is kind of a blind spot for me. Like, I, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. Who's no, it's like okay. You're, you're only 14. But <laughs> I'm, I'm twice that, but yeah. Um, but So then
0: can I give you a recommendation? Sure. And it has, um, it's the last DVD and tour made before Joe passed away. It's called, it's live in Cologne, Germany, and it's called um, Turn It Up or... No, I don't remember. Turn it up or something. And and the drummer is Jack Bruno, who we had on Trump Talk TV a couple of years ago. And it's one of the best live concert films ever. The cinematography is amazing. The band is great. The stage set is really neat. Joe is sober and on fire. It is really, really good. His band is just it's called Kick It Up or Turn It Up. I'm sorry, oh, folks. It. So,
1: fire it up fire right. it
0: up yes <laughs> okay. it was close give me credit for close so i get two points out of the 10 go watch okay. that jack bruno's fantastic can't remember the young lady playing bass but she's fantastic i met the guitar player um david black i'm pretty sure that's his name i met him right after i spoke at the 2019 NAM show he was just sitting right off to the side where I go and answer questions afterwards and introduce myself and just tell them how much I loved that that work. Sorry for the loss of Joe. Just all very down to earth people. You got to check that out. It's a killer, killer concert video. And folks, if you're not familiar with Joe's work, or even if for whatever reason, you don't favor Joe's work, I promise you, you will love this film. It's it's great. It really is, and I'm yeah. so critical about that. Being a video guy since like 2020, I'm super critical about this stuff. You know, yeah, the song I, remains. I do
1: have a well-shot concert film. Yeah,
0: yeah. the the uh, The song remains the same. One of my favorite concert films ever is just. It's a quilt of clips stuck together with different clothes within the same song. It's like, come on, <laughs> it drives me nuts. And some of it was shot afterwards at a soundstage with their stage setup that was cut in. But I still love that film. But this is primo. This is so, so good. That and Peter Gabriel's growing up live are, in my opinion, the two best concert films ever. Modern day, I'm not dissing Yes songs, folks, so don't even start with that. Don't throw any tornadoes at me. <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah. yeah, Growing up live is excellent.
0: Yeah. It's Um, an amazing presentation and, and shot really well it's shot really well if you consider the presentation that it's in the round he got stuff coming up from the stage He got stuff coming down he got his big bubble he bounces around and he folks he got he's riding a bike around the stage he's in a rowboat you gotta see this folks if you haven't seen it And, and tony levin uncle tony he's just so good in this and uh peter's daughter Oh, my God. She looks just like he did in the early, early Genesis years without the shaved thing right here. but and she's just uh, great Rachel Z on keyboards, who is the wife of um senior moment, broken word bot. She's the wife of um famous drummer
1: um. black
0: gentleman plays a lot of fusion
1: Chester Thompson. No, not yeah.
0: Chester. Um, well, I feel like such a dumb, dumb after all that buildup, go see it folks. It's really good. Or bring. don't go see it. Just watch it in wherever you are. Anyhow, we have something yeah. special also coming up to honor Alan White today at two o'clock Pacific five o'clock Eastern. That would be 10 PM UK time. We are going to be live on Trump talk TV and Steve will share it to the Yes Shift page, but we'll be live on Trump Talk TV with Dan's almost daily vlog, which is now probably more like a weekly vlog, but we're getting back in the groove. And I'm gonna play a plethora of Alan White music for about, let me check my schedule. Oh, wow, I have our team meeting at three. So I'm playing just under an hour and I've got like 50 songs on a playlist to choose from. So I'll take um, requests uh, there's promos out there. Steve's going to gather those requests. I've got my own requests. A lot of them are probably some that were mentioned. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Some of my favorite music to play as some of my most influential music as a music fan, as a musician, and as a drummer with Bill Bruford and Alan White's playing. So we're going to celebrate Alan, even with maybe a couple songs that Bill originally played on. But Alan... Um, cemented them as live versions with him playing them on the drums in later years or even that song's tour hint 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 mm. that bill didn't play on so there you go that's coming up join me over there downstairs that it's about 50 feet that way and 15 feet that way in the drum talk tv studio
1: all right yeah and um now, uh, before we sign off, one thing you mentioned to me is that Alan White worked on some video game music, right?
0: Oh, that's right. So he he moved from West Hills, California, where I grew up. He lived there through the 80s. And he moved up to the Puget Sound, Lake Washington area, like just a few weeks or months before the Northridge earthquake. So he got out of that mess. And he, he moved there. And the Seattle is a hub for gaming development um, it's, it's almost like the, um, Silicon Valley of gaming and I'm sure he had connections or people knew him and he did a lot of music soundtracks for a lot of popular games out there. The titles escape me cause I'm not in that culture, but that was something he did for quite a few years.
1: Yeah. And I read on the, on his website that he did some of that in the mid two thousands as well during the yes hiatus. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting yes. stuff he did a lot of things and, that's and cool. just
0: such a down-to-earth humble guy um I'll tell everyone my favorite Alan White story my personal story uh with him when I do the show at two and I'll okay. probably I'll bring that picture down with me I'll grab it now so I don't forget am I wearing pants today yeah good okay <laughs> <laughs> one time in a meeting I was, never mind Okay, so this is uh, the picture I was referring to. That's on Darnock Avenue or Drive right around the corner from where I grew up on Rockridge Terrace. That's Alex right there at two weeks old, four and a half years, Stephen Sr. Alex has grown. Alex is about 5'9", 260. So he's grown since then. And this was, um, so this was 1990. So Alan was 42 and I was 27. And that is me. Believe it or not, folks. Yep. So I'll tell my, in fact, oh, the story I'm going to tell was this day that when I arrived, he wasn't wearing those pants. I'll leave it at that and finish the story when I start the the vlog. There you go, folks. Thanks for following what we do. Uh, We do take suggestions. You can write us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. The dot is lowercase. And you can follow us not only on Facebook, where our live broadcasts originate, which is facebook.com slash YesShift, but Steve on YouTube and Anchor as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. youtube.com slash at YesShift and anchor.fm slash YesShift. You could even uh, donate there. Um, is that everything? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. There's yeah. just been so much today. and Yeah, that's, every, that's everything. That's everything okay yeah maybe it shows but folks like we're people you
0: know. yeah yeah and that's okay we're, we're good with it um we're gonna start getting ready for the two o'clock show what time is it perfect timing i'm gonna grab yeah. a snack i already got my laptop down there i'll do a sound check thank you mickey mandel my sixth grade teacher whom from I learned more in sixth grade than junior high or high school combined. Believe it or not, folks, I was on the phone with him right before we started this show, and he gave me some feedback from my last live. Mickey's 90, you gotta listen to Wisdom, right? Oh, wow. And Yeah, and he said that um, my drumming was fantastic, but it overpowered the music. I'm always afraid to turn the music up too much, so I might dial the mic gain up a little bit so it's not too crunchy, and then turn the music up, and move the mic a little bit away from my hi-hats. Yes, folks, I'm only using one mic when I do these things. We're going to redo the studio later this year, put in a new floor. I'm going to mic up my drums. I have all that stuff. I just haven't gotten there. But uh, thanks, Mickey. I'll do that. So it should sound fantastic. Looking forward to people's uh, requests. Um, Now I'm kind of upset that I scheduled it for two, and we have our team meeting at 3, which is too late to change. Um, So I'll squeeze as much as I can in. That one hour. So how about we just do this close to the edge, the live version with Alan and revealing science of God show over. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, that'll be an excellent like tribute, but yeah.
0: You know <laughs> what? One day I'll do a live where I'll play all four sides from that bootleg of the tour of tales from topographic oceans. I'll just play all four of them.
1: Oh, maybe for its 50th in December. Ooh,
0: possibly? let's plan that. And okay. I'll play my mandolin even though that's not what Steve's playing <laughs> for Leaves of Green Orbited and Didn't Didn't do, 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 oh, okay. do, 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 do What's the name of that part?
1: Is uh, that part Well, of- it's from the Remembering and yeah. it because like Don the cap the I'd have to look at the lyrics. Yeah, sometimes yeah. But
0: I, I might. I have my mandolin right on the other side of my desk because I'm going to be doing something special with it at a event next month up here where I live in the mountains with a flute player. Fantastic, world class oh, nice. woodwind player. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, folks. We'll see you at Two Pacific. Two Pacific on the Drum Talk TV page. Two Pacific. Happy. What would have been a 74th birthday, Alan White? I miss you so much.
1: Yeah, happy heavenly birthday. Gone, but not forgotten. And
0: love to his wife, Gigi, and his daughter and son, respectively. That would be Cassie and Jesse. Uh, gosh, I met them when they were little kids, and Cassie's a doctor now.
1: Oh, wow. Whew,
0: you just never know.
1: Yeah, Tempest Fugit.
0: Yep. All right, we'll see you soon, folks. Thank you. Oops, almost pressed the wrong button. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey.